0: Listen up. All year long, you've heard me talk about our sponsoring partner at the beginning of each episode, the Campaign for Black Male Achievement. I'm curious to know how many of you have actually checked out their website. If your answer is you've not yet done so, you should. In this crazy world that we are living in today, our black men and boys need you and I more than ever before, and they need CBMA. CBMA is a national membership network, and it's set up to help our leaders who are working on the ground in key cities like Detroit, Oakland, Baltimore, Milwaukee, Louisville, and others. So we need your support right now to help elevate the platform for young Black men and boys in these cities. To learn more, do me a favor. Hop on over to tbpod.com slash Black Male Achievement.
1: You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart.
0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Trailblazers podcast. So you guys, some of you might remember that earlier this year, we ran a book giveaway where we gifted three people a bundle of books that were recommended in our wealth series. And one of our winners was Ray Watson, one of our diehards in our Blazer Nation who lives in Canada. So I want to say big up to Ray and our family who listen to the Trailblazers podcast all the time. I caught up recently with Ray and she had this to share. Check her out.
1: I just wanted to say thank you, Stephen, for this opportunity. It's really great to be a part of Blazers Nation. I was actually introduced to your podcast about a year and a half ago by a friend, and I shared the podcast with my friends and family members, so we're all listening to you on a weekly basis. A little bit about myself. So I'm a certified personal trainer in the Toronto, Canada area. I got into fitness because several years ago I had put on weight and I was just unhappy with myself, so I decided to take it into my own hands. And I started to do the Insanity programs several times. And I set my goal and said, okay, what's next for me? So I got a gym membership, started to lift really heavy weights. And then I pushed the goal of competing in a fitness show. And I decided to share that passion that I had with working out and living my best life with my friends and family members. So I got my certification as a personal trainer. And now I basically support my clients within the Toronto, Canada area. And I also have online clients as well. Thank you so much, Stephen, for following me. So if you want to stay connected with me, you can follow me on my Instagram page, which is Miss Ray Watson. So that's spelled M-S-R-A-E-W-A-T-S-O-N. You can also follow me on Facebook, Trained by Ray. So that's T-R-A-I-N-E-D-B-Y-R-A-E. And I would love to follow you back. I always try to follow all of my followers so I can stay connected with them as well.
0: So I just want to say thank you again, Ray, for being part of our Blazer Nation. You and your family, big ups, appreciate you. And listen up, I've got some other cool summer giveaways coming really soon. So I want you guys to stay tuned for more on that. Our feature guest for today is an extraordinary entrepreneur by the name of Kenneth Johnson. Kenneth and I actually met two years ago when we were both selected to the Black Enterprise Modern Man of Distinction for the class of 2016. And Kenneth is actually the founder of a company called East Coast Executives, and he's also the host of the Career Seeker Show. And this was a fun, pretty relaxed conversation between us. I really enjoyed our chat and I think you'll find wisdom and definitely mission fuel in a story that's going to help you to blaze your trail. So, hey, if this is your first time checking out Trailblazers, just want to say thank you so much for being here. If you've been riding with us for 120 episodes, today's a great milestone episode for us. You know, you're a rock star in my book. And we love you. We appreciate you. And we're going to ask you to share this episode up right now with your network of peeps. Tell them to quit playing and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. And that said, hope you enjoy today's episode. Ken, welcome, my brother. (laughs) <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for having me. It's been a couple years, man. Yes, yes. We met a couple years ago, both being honored in the B.E. Modern Man class of, what, 2016? 2016. Shout out to Alfred wow. Edmund, and for pulling yes. that together. Yes. Big up, Alfred. So, listen, I love to kick these episodes off from a place of gratitude and really wanted to, you know, have you share with Blazer Nation what's an unexpected blessing that you're most grateful for in your life right now. Oh, man. You know, it's always my children. So yeah. yeah, always, always. They're just a joy and
2: I'm just so proud of both of them. So that's always where I go. How many kids do you have? Two.
0: Yes. So do I. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. daughter. And yes, indeed. Yeah. Love it. So hold on. I have a question for you, because I know you spend quite a bit of time in Philly, but you have New York address for the business. Where exactly are you located?
2: Man, I'm the one person. Well, I'm probably not the one person, but I'm in both places, uh, believe it or not. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. So we have some really great clients in Philly. And then, you know, with the radio show and just our clients, and I really love the city. I enjoy the city. I still keep a residence there. So it allows me to be there a couple days a week, which is a beautiful thing. So Yes. It's probably something that I've always wanted to do, kind of live in both places. So I've managed to pull it off and it's
0: been great. You know, you Where's home? Where are you from originally? Yeah.
2: So I'm originally from a place called Uniontown, Pennsylvania. It's Southwest of Pittsburgh. So ah. uh, yeah, I'm from Uniontown's East End. So we like to call it East End, Pennsylvania. That's our little ah. in that neighborhood. So a bunch of proud people that are a lot of family members and I just love them up there, man. They're great people. What do you think about when you think of growing up back there? Uh, wow, really my family, man. You know, I have a really big family. So, man, Stephen, I think I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I graduated with like there may have been 10 or 12 of my cousins in my graduating class. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you know how that goes. It's like even the people that weren't your cousins, they're still like family. Yeah. You know, yeah. so 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 yeah, it's that type of
0: neighborhood. So uh, everybody's auntie and uncle. Exactly, yeah. A <laughs> yeah, lot a cousin. lot of
2: people are auntie and uncle. So it's always yeah. a pleasure to kinda get back there and sit around and reminisce
0: and just enjoy the people. Like I said, it's family. I know about that, man. My dad is from a family of twelve. Okay. I have fifty first cousins on my dad's there side alone. <laughs> there you go. So you understand. You understand? I get it. I get it. hundred percent. So. My grandmother had
2: six girls, so yeah, so my grandmother and grandfather had six girls. So that you know, that kind of got it started. And even before that, I want to say, man, I don't know. I could have this number wrong, but I think he was one of maybe twelve or something like that. Like, yeah, it was yeah, it's a big family.
0: God bless them, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was a different time. That was a
0: different day in time, right? I'd say that. (laughs) Trying to manage two. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So listen, today you're running this company, you're a president and founder of your own diversity recruiting firm and wanted to pick your brain on what drew you to that line of work.
2: Yeah. You know, so when I was in college at the University of Pittsburgh, I was looking for a job and (laughs) I was, I was looking for a job. I had been unsuccessful. People weren't hiring me. So somebody got in my ear and said, you know what? You might want to look at a temporary staffing firm, right? So Mm -hmm. I really didn't know what they were, hadn't heard of them, but I went to a staffing firm. And within that week I was working. So I ran back to campus and I told a lot of my friends like, hey, listen, you might want to take a look at this company because I'm hired. I have a nice, I have a pretty good position, especially a college position. You know, I was getting paid every week. So uh, it was a good look. So I started thinking to myself, I said, wow, how great would it be? To own one of these firms. I'm from a great neighborhood, but I think one of the big things, one of the challenges that my neighborhood had, and you got to understand this is Southwestern Pennsylvania in the 70s and the 80s, you know, steel mills, coal mines, a lot of people were out of work. Right. Great neighborhood, but a lot of people needed jobs. And I started thinking, wow, wouldn't it be great to position myself where I could help people get jobs? So I started thinking, well, maybe I'll own a staffing firm. Maybe that's the route I want to go. And I always assumed that. The best way to kind of learn about that was to work for one. And basically what happened was through working for temporary staffing firms, I realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do. I got introduced to direct hire, executive search recruitment. And then from that line, if you just looked at who I was supporting and what populations were supporting me, it was only natural that it would kind of morph into a diversity recruitment firm. Got it. So that's what led to East Coast executives today. Yeah, exactly. So, and we've recently added, you know, some career services components to the recruitment piece, and that just allows us to kind of stay connected to the communities that we operate in. We have uh, great relationships with the New York Urban League, excellent relationships with the Philadelphia Urban League, even the National Urban League. I do some things with them as well. So uh, it's really allowed us to impact and support and help a lot of people in this process with connecting
0: employers and candidates Mm -hmm. and candidates and employers. Wow. So let me take you back for a second here. As an entrepreneur, how long have you actually had East Coast executives going? I started my
2: business in 01. Wow. It's a crazy story, Steve. So I started September 3rd, 2001. September 11th, 2001, some planes ran into the World Trade Center. And all of my clients at the time were financial service clients had some great clients, Vanguard, Wilmington Trust, JP Morgan, had some really, really good clients. But that minute, they were all gone because everyone was unsure of what they were going to do from a hiring standpoint. There were bigger, bigger pressing issues going on in the world at that time. So I kind of lost all of that business within
0: the first week of being in business. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. So let me ask you that. That has me thinking about something because I'm working through business planning for some other projects right now. And, you know, I'm curious to kind of pick your brain a little bit and understand like how long you actually went. Like, so a lot of people sometimes don't, you know, they think, yeah, I'm in business. I'll be making profit the first year, right? And you're like 10 minutes in, like everything is collapsing, right? right. Like how long did it wait before you're turning a profit in your business?
2: So. You know, we were successful initially. So, it's interesting. I had went back to the gentleman that started me in Executive Search and Direct Hire Recruiting. And I asked him, uh, his name's Bernard Johnson, and he had a company in Philly called Urban Recruiters. So, when I broke off and started East Coast Executives after, you know, 9/11, I, I asked him. I said, "Hey, you know, what would you do in this particular situation?" Because he kind of stepped away from the industry because it changed a lot and he stepped away. But I was able, we still have a great relationship. I talked to him maybe about every two weeks. But I asked him, I said, what would you do in my position? And he said, I probably would start going after consumer goods. Look at products that people will buy all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So it just so happened I had a great friend that I grew up with. His name is Roger Maher and he was working for the Pepsi Bottling Group in Philadelphia, and we were having a conversation one day. We were like watching a basketball game or a football game. We were having a conversation and he was just, you know, we were just chatting about work and things of that nature. And he said he was looking to hire some people at Pepsi and mm. boom, that was the jump start I needed. Uh-huh. He introduced me to the people down there in your neck of the woods, Columbia, Maryland at the Mid-Atlantic Pepsi facilities. They kind of brought me on to work the Mid-Atlantic region and that was survival that, that, <laughs> that kept us going for a minute. So we were still able to kind of come out of that period and turn a profit because that allowed us to withstand that hit after 9-11 and just just maintain and stay afloat. And then some of those companies started coming back to us and supporting us and giving us business. And we were able to have a couple of successful placements with the Vanguard Group and have a successful placement at JPMorgan Chase. So it started, we were able to build it back up. And because they were big clients, success there, it was a little different. Than now, you know, like you can promote so much easier now your successes, but it allowed us to have real conversations with other companies and basically say, this is what we've done for Pepsi, Vanguard,
0: JP Morgan Chase, and here's what we can do for you. Right. So different day and time. So you mentioned Bernard and some other folks back when you're just getting started, but as an entrepreneur, as the head of this firm who do you trust, right? To be able to give you objective feedback, mm. right? Because sometimes I find all too often people be like, yeah, you're doing a great job. And it's like not really what you need to hear Yeah, to be able to move to that next level, right? You need people around you who can be just straight up, right? Mm. Who do you have around you that and how do you manage those kind of relationships?
2: You know, I wish I had more people around me that functioned in that role for me. Unfortunately, there hasn't been, I don't know a lot of people that have ventured on the the journey that I'm on. For all intents and purposes, diversity recruitment. A very unique space. A unique space, right? Exactly. (laughs) And you know, and it's a changing space because you're, when you're in it, you know, even now when you look at some of the things that are happening with AI and automation and how it's just changing recruiting in general. But, you know, diversity recruiting, it's just such a unique niche in the market. I just, I haven't came across a ton of people that I can kind of draw on. And, and you know, what's really interesting, it's even unique to certain locales. Like it's different working the New York market and even the Philly market. You know, it's just, it's a different animal. And, you know, you have clients that want you to support them nationally. But one thing that's fortunate about the position that we play in the industry is that we've just been really successful building great relationships with national brands that have allowed us to dip in and out of communities. You know, just, I'm just so thankful for just some of the people that I've met, even like yourself and, you know, just through the Be Modern Man movement and just other things, you know, people that I've connected with on social media that have let just put their hands out and said, wow, I appreciate what you're doing. How can I help you? And, uh,
0: you know, we were talking about our mutual friend earlier is Tiff South, yes. who's been a guest twice on the podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. But, you know, one of the unique things and Tiff and I met through podcast movement, as Blazer Nation kind of is familiar with her own platform. But Tiff, myself, Rich Jones, Paychecks and Balances, yes. Kwame Christian mm-hmm. of Negotiate Anything, you know, four of us kind of came together. And I, I share this with you as fuel, a mission fuel and fuel for thought, right? But We all have these different podcast platforms and kind of different interests in what we're doing beyond it. And, you know, interestingly enough, we've been in this mastermind group for probably a year and a half going on two years right now. And I find that like some of, you know, for example, Rich has like 10x our downloads, right? (laughs) (laughs) And just a completely different animal in terms of his focus and his platform, right? Where Trailblazers is much more niche, but it, kind of to what you're saying, right? We are all focused in different areas. We're all podcasters, but we're all kind of pressing with a different approach and trying to angle things differently in the way we monetize. But I feel like the accountability that it's provided in a mastermind kind of setting instead of more coach-mentor or you know, mentee-mentor type relationship has actually been tremendously beneficial. So like I say that for your benefit, maybe, you know, it is something that you could look at in terms of connecting with other diversity recruitment firms in other areas of the country. Even though you said, you know, they're different. I feel like maybe, you know, it's feel for thought. And so many professionals that listen to Trailblazers, I I know will absolutely connect to what you just said a minute ago. Sure, yeah. I'm happy you said that. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to share that thought because For Without question, Trailblazers and everything else I'm doing has grown leaps and bounds because of the accountability and the alignment of having other like-minded individuals that get kind of what you're doing, right? So somebody else running in that space, they understand the lingo. So they're doing things a little bit differently, right? right? But you're all moving, you know, and you can kind of have a level conversation. And they can also have a level, you know, objective feedback conversation I was talking about before. Where, you know, like it's a regular thing for TIFSO to slap me upside the head and be like, yo, homeboy, you know, you need to stop talking about start making excuses and execute, right? So you know what? And I think
2: you come from a very similar perspective. Like podcasting is new, you know, for all intents and purposes. Absolutely. Right. So you kind of understand, like, all right, you're looking for people in the space. So if I broaden my thought on your original question, I do have there are recruitment professionals, they're corporate in-house recruiters that I continue and just HR professionals in general that I always kind of bounce things off of and they give me ideas and give me direction on which way I should go. And they give me a peek inside of their world. And that's really important for me. So
0: I do have quite a few people that fit that particular role for me. So you are correct. Good. I'm happy we're having this conversation because again, I stumble into so many people who listen to the podcast who As black professionals, sometimes we struggle, right? In being able to connect openly and candidly with other people in our own space. I get it all too often where people are, you know, so appreciative of hearing someone else's journey and struggle as well as successes because it's helping them. It's speaking to them exactly where they happen to be right now. So for the person who is listening right now, I know we just provided some mission feel <laughs> for them. And so, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit because sometimes you and I get, we can dial into our conversation and I get your lingo and, you know, it's what you do every day, right? So you're at an eight on a scale of a 10, but for the person who is listening to this and probably is lost a little bit on some of the lingo we are using, I kind of want to come back to what your company does, finding and recruiting diverse talent, right? what does diverse mean in that context right of people you're focused on helping find the career of their dreams right right what does diversity what does that diverse mean sure so I guess and
2: just to go back kind of a little further so for anyone that kind of doesn't get it as a diversity recruitment firm companies come to us when they're interested in adding diverse talent to their recruitment pipelines what diverse talent means in our particular space it means a lot for a lot of different people but our primaries, kind of lie in race and gender. So, you know, diversity means a lot of different things and there's a lot of different segments. But typically when companies reach out to us, they're looking from a race and gender standpoint. And that's kind of where we deliver. So I just had a conversation with someone about this. It's such an interesting thing because, you know, that was the thing. She was the first person. You're the second, actually. But she was the first person that asked me well, what's your focus like in your diversity space? Because everybody try, you know, it's almost like I tell the candidates that we work with on the career services side. I'll say, well, what type of job are you looking for? And they'll name mm-hmm. ten different things. <laughs> I'm like, right. listen, you know, we're going to need to narrow that down a little. So where we've been successful has been operating in the race and the gender
0: space. Absolutely, and everybody on this podcast knows I'm all about that niche focus. Yes, being very clear on who your audience is and who you're focused on speaking to. So. For those listening who maybe raise their hands just now, they, they hear what you just said, and they're like, Ken, that's me. You know, I would fit the bucket, right? Yes. What's your advice on maybe a good process to follow to break through a struggle, trying to find that right next
2: opportunity? Yeah. The first thing is kind of knowing what it is, knowing what it is that you want. And that can change in the process. To the beginning of this conversation, when I first started, I didn't even know that diversity recruitment existed. But when I found it, I knew it was the exact thing that I was sent here to do. Right. So I found it. But sometimes it's about starting. And so I knew I wanted to do recruiting. So then I just kept drilling down on the way I wanted to do it and even where I wanted to do it, which is why our company's called East Coast Executives. Now, granted, we don't turn down business anywhere in the world. But <laughs> you know, I just figured if we could operate in a space that encompassed Tri-state New York area and metropolitan Philadelphia, like going into Delaware and, and parts of Maryland coming up through the Jersey Turnpike. I said, if we can do that, we're going to be okay. And it just so happened our success in those areas led to, because of the markets, we started getting on the radar of national accounts. And, you know, we've had some huge companies ask us to support them. We have an organization that we support in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Miami, Chicago, and New York City. So pretty much across the country, but it's, you don't have to have that thing immediately, but you have to work towards it. And once you figure out what it is, I just say, just start networking, just strategically, start building your network. And it can be a virtual network through LinkedIn and Twitter and some of the other things that are out here. Or, you know, I do still find a ton of value in people kind of just getting out and going to some of the organizations and things of that nature that are doing events aimed at professional networking. And once you start getting in the space and start conducting some informational interviews and just start kind of being known and branding yourself as somebody that's an up and comer in the space, then you bring value to organizations and or people that are looking for the next great thing. It's a talent race out here. There's a talent race, no doubt about it. And if you can position yourself as someone that brings value, oh man, you can start kind of forging your
0: own way out here in the employment landscape. You know, man, I'll pause you right there. So beyond the podcast, I do a lot of brand strategy work. And podcast has actually pushed me towards more of a personal branding approach. And as you're talking about this, I can't help but mention to those listening, you know, I've come across all too often, people can reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, I'd love to be a guest on your podcast. And you have an amazing story. But can I, I jump on Google and... <laughs> I Google them, their name, and nothing comes up, right? Like, I mean, it's mind boggling to think that in 2018, right, we're not tending to our personal brand. And I mean, it's not the case that everyone necessarily needs a full on website, right? But in this case, I mean, if somebody's looking at your resume, believe it or not, they're going to look online and see, you know, what they can find out about you, right? So the first thing we do is recruiters. Absolutely. So taking care of LinkedIn, probably before anything else, right? And being aware of, it's kind of how you show up in a digital atmosphere, right? So as a brand strategist, I always tell people, hey, there are free platforms like Twitter. You know, even Instagram, you, like you have to be mindful of what you're putting out there, which I know is part of your message to your people, you know, but I see people telling me, hey, you know, I'm looking for a job. And then I go look on their Insta and I'm like, look, can't be <laughs> can't be posting this kind of stuff. right?" And I get get some feelings, but hey, you know, you really need to tend to that digital footprint because recruiters like, you know, they're looking way beyond just the resume right. in today's world. So I just wanted to share that. I know that's your message, no, but that's, you know, that's as, great a, as a brand guy. <laughs> no, that's,
2: that's great advice. I couldn't have said it any better
0: myself. You know, there's
2: a career mm-hmm. services professional. She's outstanding in this industry and her name is JT O'Donnell. And she has a statement. She says, brand or be branded. Yes. And it's so right. Like if you're not going to put anything out there, to brand yourself, other people will do it for you. Yeah. And uh, you'd rather control that.
0: Take control. Yes. Especially if you know you have like stuff, now listen, not knocking anyone, but all too often I'm looking through some of that and what ends up coming up when you don't provide enough hits in that first 10 hits on Google into the second page, what oftentimes sometimes comes up if you don't touch anything. Let's say, you know, you had an arrest a couple years Mm -hmm. back, right? That counter record could come up, right? It will come up. It'll come up. So, you know, listen, the more you can kind of provide positive, that will hopefully push that negative further down the feeder. <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, you know, that's the one thing. As recruiters, we're lazy. So we're not going to go to the third page. We want to see who you are on the first and second page of those yes. search results. So, yeah, the more stuff you can produce to push it back, the better off you are.
0: Love it. Love it. You still find that you're fulfilled in this work after what 17 years in the business,
2: man? It's getting better, it's so much better now because for a couple of different reasons, Stephen. So, if you look at it, I think recently you know it's been released there's three African American CEOs in the Fortune 500, right? Out of the Fortune 500, yeah. three African American CEOs, I believe five percent of that 500 are women. Wow. So, when you just start looking at those numbers, it's like Wow. There's so much work to be done. Yes. So that is, you can look at it a couple of ways and I try to focus in on the positive. So those numbers are disturbing, but for someone in my position, there's room, there's opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. So let's do some business because when we're in conversations with some of the larger companies, there is room to improve. Like you can't tell me you don't, you don't value what we're bringing to the table. Now you may be able to say, we have people in place that are doing this. Well, I guess the answer would be maybe they're not doing it that well. But, you know, there's just so much room for everybody to improve. So with that being said, I just, I enjoy the work so much more now because the numbers are front facing. They're out on the table. A lot of these companies are starting to provide exact numbers on diversity. And Mm -hmm. when you have that information right in front of you, the numbers don't lie, right, Mm Jay-Z? The numbers don't lie. (laughs) (laughs) But when you have that information in front of you, it's a strong value proposition for people like myself that are out here trying to wave the flag and get people to understand that everybody needs to have an opportunity to reach the heights possible. So, yeah. So I'm invigorated by that. And then when we added the career services component, man, I did a class yesterday in Philly. And then, you know what? I'm getting really excited about this actually right now. So for Harlem week, we will do the second annual East Coast Executives Mock Interview Workshop. And we last year, we brought about, I don't know, 30 people representing a lot of different companies and segments uptown to 126th Street to our office space to do mock interviews. It was a beautiful thing, man. We connected people. I mean, look, I had ADP, they sent a few people, Simon Schuster, Revolt TV. CBS, Penguin Random House, the National Urban League sent people out. I mean, uh, Manhattan College, like we had a ton of people come out and just sit down and do mock interviews and support career seekers from all in New York City, but specifically Harlem. That was just at me going. I had you know, I had my son and daughter come out and help me out, you know, just with some of the initial introductions and welcoming of the people and it was just a family affair up there. But I think the thing that I really enjoyed about it the most was that a lot of the people that took the opportunity to take advantage of the mock interviews were so grateful to be able to meet people from CBS Mm -hmm. on 126th Street. Yeah. And not only interviewing them, but saying, here's my card. I got some ideas for you. Let's stay connected. Hit me on LinkedIn. Like it was just a real event. It was unbelievable. So I'm excited. Like, and the way the reason we can do things like that now is because of the attention that's been brought to diversity recruitment. Like when I reach out to people, typically I get a response. And that's because, you know, like we were saying, they Google me just to make sure it's real. Yeah. Who I am. And they say, oh, you know what? Yeah. This guy's he's out here doing some things.
0: Let's let's see if we can support him or help him. Love it, man. Brother, I feel like we could keep talking for the evening, man. Look, we
2: need to do that one day. You know that off the site, we just need to sit down and, man, see how we can support each other. I just really value what you do and what you bring, man, to the space and just your energy in general. Like I said, when I met you that day in Manhattan at the event. And man, I think I know I know it for a fact you came up to me and introduced yourself and yes. man anybody that, that is out just freely networking like you do just always wish so much success to your platform is real I tune in on these podcasts that's why when you asked me I was just honored to be a part I appreciate that man
0: yo listen before I have a couple more questions for you let's do it but before I ask you about a couple of resources, I wanted to ask you Eagles, Giants or Jets Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. No one
2: else exists. No one else
0: even exists.
2: That's it. (laughs) That is so right. Yep. You're a Steelers fan. (laughs) I'm a Steelers fanatic. Listen, I want to tell you a story. So we have this. So my son. He's 13 now, but I think when he was like 11. So he's on this text, this family text line. So we have a family group text, right? So I have quite a few cousins. Their families live in Michigan now. So they're Detroit Lions fans. So football season had started and you know, everybody was texting back and forth and. A lot of the family from Michigan was on the line, and they were basically saying, you know, go Lions and things of that nature. And my son chimes in, like, "Hold on, hold on! I thought we were all Steelers fans. <laughs> he just thought, he thought if you were in our family, you <laughs> had to be a Steelers you fan. It was, no <laughs> it was no choice. It was no choice. Oh my goodness! Yeah, is, Steelers is fanatic. A, is he a Steelers fan? he has no choice. He has no choice. He has no choice. <laughs> and he's never lived in the Pittsburgh area. He lived in oh Philadelphia for one year and lived in New York
0: City for the other 12 years of his life. Oh but he was a diehard Steelers fan. It's crazy, man. There are hardcore Steelers fans all up and down the DMV car, yes. man. It's crazy. Yes. Love it. So listen, before I let you go there, you know, our Blazing Nation loves to hear about the resources that help you to kind of push forward, so love to invite you to maybe share a couple books that you'd recommend as must reads. You know, I keep thinking "Grow Rich" really close to me. Love it, love it. <laughs> then just
2: always I go through it's the Little Red Book of Sales, mm-hmm. and let me see, man. I was reading something. It was Lynchpins, Seth Golden. But yeah, think and grow rich. I just. I keep that really close, man. I just, I love stories. And even Dennis kembro "Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. Yes. It's interesting as well. Yeah. So, man, I probably could go on and on about that. <laughs> you know, uh, you spoke earlier about 10X and yeah. that whole Grant Cardone, whole 10X thing. You know, I've tuned in on some of that stuff
0: and read that book as well. So yeah, there's just some great stuff out there. I just hit, I listen to a lot of books in audio. No surprise yes. as a podcaster. But <laughs> today I just started listening to... Tipping point, Malcolm Gladwell for probably uh, yeah. a third time. You know what? I haven't listened to that, but I will. I got will. to, got to. It's a really good book, really good book. So, last question for you: What's one action that or trailblazers jumping off this call should put into action this week that's going to help them to blaze their trail? All right. So
2: this is going to sound really simple, but so many people don't do it. Bring it. You have to write your goals down. Yes. Say it again. Write them down. <laughs> Everybody just thinks they're going to commit them to memory and they'll have them there. But there's something special about writing them down and seeing them on paper and looking at that several times a day. You know, I, I'm living proof that if you follow that and some other things, things will start to happen your way that you don't even understand, but you're not supposed to understand them. mm mm-hmm. You're just supposed to kind of keep going in that direction, keep going towards them. But I think it all starts with just kind of having an understanding of what it is that you want to do and committing that to actual paper and saying, all right, let's work on it.
0: Yeah. You know, a tip I've shared this sparingly throughout the podcast, but to that point, I'm a big believer in that. And actually, how I operate in keeping that in front of me is I have an iPhone. I actually save mini goals and affirmations and just positivity in my reminders that pop up on a daily basis on my phone. And it's just a way for me to kind of keep that goal in front of me, you know what I mean? But love that. Love, love, love that. Yo, I appreciate, man, having this conversation tonight and... So let me ask you, before I let you go, because we've been talking about quite a bit, we haven't even had a chance to talk about Career Seeker Show, but tell us, tell Blazor Nation how they can stay connected to you and continue the conversation with you beyond the episode. Sure. You know, I'm really active
2: on LinkedIn. So Kenneth L. Johnson, East Coast Executives on LinkedIn. But Stephen just mentioned the Career Seeker Show. We do it every Wednesday from four to five on 106.5 FM in Philly. But we stream live at phillycam.org. And we also broadcast live on the East Coast Executive Facebook fan page. So there's no reason people shouldn't check out the Career Seekers Show. We market it as your number one source for career and job search information with a focus on diversity. I'm really active on Twitter, at KLJohnsonInfo. But all of that information is available on the
0: East Coast Executives website. So EastCoastExecutives.com. Awesome. And I'll make sure that the links, all the links you just mentioned a while ago, as well as your book recommendations are up on our show notes page over at TVPod.com. Ken, great conversation with you, my brother. God bless you. I wish you much success. Same to you. I really appreciate you, man.
2: Thank you so very much. Keep doing what you do, man. We need you're documenting history for us right now, man. Thank you so very much for doing that
0: appreciate it brother well that's it for today thanks again for listening to this episode of the trailblazers podcast i'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tbpod.com if today was your first time listening to the trailblazers podcast i just want to extend a warm trailblazers welcome to you we're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing if you're a fan of the podcast and today's content and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast please continue to share and invite your friends your family or colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most we believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved